Hi, welcome to episode four of Reaching the Untethered Modern Learner podcast. This is Jamie Good, and in this episode, I have interviewed Vince Hahn, creator and CEO of Mobile Coach. We talk about chatbots, what Mobile Coach can do for learning and development, and how important mobile is to the learning experience. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Jamie Good, digital fluency coach and learning technology integrator, and you're listening to Reaching the UML the podcast dedicated to discovering how we can reach the untethered modern learner. Here we discuss how to take learning and development into the future with innovation, technology, disruption, and a focus on performance. For more episodes, please visit digitalfluencycoach.com slash podcast. Enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome back to the Reaching the Untethered Modern Learner podcast. I'm here with Vince Hahn today, all the way from Provo, Utah. Thanks for uh, spending time with us today, Vince. It's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Jamie. And if you could just uh, right off the top, let people know sort of what you do, uh, what what your, keeps your your days kind of full and busy, and what kind of interests you right now. Sure. Uh, so I'm the founder of a company called Mobile Coach. Uh, we have a chatbot platform um, where we help organizations design chatbots to um, engage learners to reinforce training. Uh, we've been around for about three years. We're located in the state of Utah in the United States. Um, and uh, I, let's see, what keeps me going is um, I love to learn about learning initiatives um, uh, that are tied, particularly tied to important corporate uh, projects um, and how uh, organizations want to position learning in a way to really positively impact uh, their business results. And then I love figuring out how to use technology to engage those learners and to really reinforce uh, training. So, um, you know, I love what we do, and um, it's it's super fun. Yeah, that sounds great. And it's the, the what you just described is exactly what this podcast exists for. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so, just for people who might not be familiar, how would you explain to someone what a chatbot is? So a, ch- a chatbot is really in it's a computer that is programmed to carry on a conversation, whether okay. the conversation is very simple or more, more complex, whether it's uh, transactional. Uh, and what I mean by transactional, you could ask a computer through a chat like, um, you know, uh, what's the weather today? Um, yep. And then a computer could be programmed to say it's, um, it's hot and here's how hot it is. Um, or it, a computer could be programmed to be programmatic, meaning it could ask you, how are you feeling today? Mm-hmm. And based on your response, it could be programmed to uh, respond in a certain way. Um, and so a chatbot is, is a, a personality. It's a, a, a computer-generated personality that can automate those types of conversations. And so if that <clears> – <throat> sorry, if I were to ask, for example, um, Siri what the weather is and she would give me an answer, what's the difference between that and, and, a, and a chatbot? Do they live in different spaces or – yeah, in my mind, I, I view Siri as sort of a um, super chatbot. So it, you know, I view that Siri is, is just like a chatbot. Uh, it's just that Apple, with their vast resources, has programmed Siri to uh, be able to respond to a lot of different uh, types of use cases. Um, so there are some use cases where Siri is very useful, uh, so, for example, a lot of people rely on Siri to find directions uh, to where they're going or for simple questions like uh, help me find a restaurant that's close by or tell me what the weather's like. Um, on the other hand, because Apple is trying to position Siri as this 
uh, know-it-all computer, she actually fails a lot. So if you want to ask her anything very specific or meaningful, um, a lot of people don't find her very useful. Right, um, right. More common chatbots out there uh, tend to have more narrow use cases. Um, so there are chatbots um, like on Facebook, for example. Some uh, popular chatbots on Facebook include uh, chatbots produced by um, well-known brands like CNN or the NBA. Um, and you're not going to ask the NBA chatbot what the weather's like. You're going to ask the NBA chatbot about your favorite team or your favorite uh, basketball player, and, and it will do very well in that narrow use case. Okay, got it. And so for you, what do you find is maybe some of the common use cases for the mobile coaches? For us, um, we like to think of a mobile coach as a tether. So the chatbot acts as a tether where it's tethering the learner to the training content once that learner leaves the training environment and goes back to their day-to-day routines. It also acts as a tether by having uh, enabling the program manager or the trainer or the the, the, content owner to be connected to the learner when that learner leaves. And so it's sort of a um, two-way relationship. Um, and so the mobile coaches that we're building uh, will use conversations um, to ke- to keep the conversation going once the learner leaves the the formal training environment um, and once they're back at their desk. You know, imagine a chatbot instigating some questions once or twice a week, reminding them about the training content, asking them how it's going, measuring to see how well they're remembering the training and applying the training. Um, and just keeping that connection going. That's excellent. So it's uh, it's like performance support that I think currently uh, I see that is we don't put enough, I don't think, emphasis on that. So that's actually really good that this this tool provides that performance support because I know everybody who's listening has probably been in some training session or some training event somewhere or sometime where it was really great stuff, but it was forgotten within a week. <laughs> well, that just means they're human beings, right? Yeah, because, exactly, exactly. You know, we, we all forget. Exactly. And so what um, what sort of things um, might I, I get from the chatbot in that week after training? I think a lot of it depends on the nature of the content. Um, one of the beauties about uh, designing a chatbot is that you can customize it to fit your content, to fit the demographic um, of your learner base. And so um, if your learners tend to be a more senior and um, have been around the block a few more times, the types of things your chatbot might engage those learners would be different from, let's say, a newly you know, graduated um, college student who's a millennial and, and starting their first job. And so that's my long way to say it depends. Um, uh, but, you know, common techniques might be um, – Quizzing them, so uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. asking them uh, to to um, to recall something, a piece of content from the training, or it might be um, a soft survey question, uh, which is sort of killing two birds with one stone. So if I if, uh, the week after training, if I were to ask, hey, what did you think about this module or about that concept? Um, it's both soliciting really valuable information from the user, but also by them answering the learner answering the question it's actually reinforcing the content because they're having to think about it oh that's excellent so it's kind of like a a veiled retrieval exercise in a way Mm. yeah well put um and so 
with uh, with the with the chatbots, one of the things I see people talking about quite a bit now on Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., on places about um, where people discuss L and D things, is this idea of pushing content out to people or having the learner pull it at the time of need, sort of that just in time, on demand kind of learning. So with the mobile coach, um, it sounds like there's both things possible there: the push and the pull. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct, and we would recommend um, designing a chatbot to do both. Um, the the disadvantage of designing a chatbot only to be pull, meaning let's just wait for the learner to instigate a question. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with that is that even though learners have great intentions to um, to s- sort of self-manage their reinforcement, life will sort of take over, and our, I think track record has, has shown that uh, people will often not do what they think they will do. Um, and so that's why it's great to have both uh, by, by programmatic, meaning pushing out reminders, keeping it top of mind that will actually encourage learners to say, oh, yeah, now that you've reminded me of this, of, of concept A, I've been wondering about concept B. And then they can mm. ask the chatbot about, uh, about that and you can have a more meaningful engagement. Oh, that's excellent. And so where would the chatbot live for me? Is it going to be in my browser? Is it on my tablet, on my phone? Yeah, so um, eventually, you know, I think the the ideal use case is wherever it's most uh, engaging for your learner and their their technology, their personal technology infra- infrastructure. So the vast majority of mobile coach chatbots live on learners' phones in the form of a text message. Excellent. Um, and sort of the 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 um, model that we use to decide where it lives is to say if I was one of your close friends and I was going to text you as close friends do, what's the medium of choice I would use to text you or to message you? And if the answer is via SMS text, then that's what we would choose. If the answer in some countries where SMS is not as prevalent as it is in North America, so let's say that it's on WeChat or some other, or Telegram or some other um, messaging application, then we would want to um, have the chatbot live uh, on on that same medium. Yeah, for sure. So, so basically, that that thing where I, I I like to say be where the learners are, basically. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I like the fact that with being mobile, as you have as you said, and being on my phone, I'm I'm trying to push recent uh, recently in some of my workshops and what I've been writing about is that in this reaching the untethered modern learner, we don't know where everybody's going to be and when and when they might need that learning. And so um, one of the pretty much guarantees these days is that in someone's purse or pocket or bag, they've got a phone. And and so I like this idea that I at any time can access some learning, uh, retrieve some stuff that I might have had a couple of weeks before in a in a training session. But also there'll be those gentle nudges that maybe randomly or at certain times also prompt me to to dig in a bit deeper too. That sounds really fantastic. I think you're hitting on a really important principle where you need to make things as easy as possible for yes, the learner. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, be, having been being on the mobile phone makes it easy for them. Um, having it be messaging also makes it really easy for them, where they're not having to download software or um, you know do ten taps and swipes to get to a certain um, page on a on a website or in an app. Um, and so I think uh, ease of use will translate into easier engagement um, for the learner to to uh, be thinking about the content they ought to be. 
Oh yeah, exactly. Like pulling down some of those barriers because one of the the things I think might be an advantage for chatbots is, as far as what I'm thinking about using them is, if I if I do an e-learning course, there's probably going to be a login and a password, and possibly the first module might just be showing people how the the e-learning modules actually work, like how the platform mm-hmm. works. But I'm pretty sure, and, and I have some stats that I've seen recently that back this up from Mary Meeker's uh, Internet Trends, for example, where about 89, I think, or 92% of adults text and know how to do that. So I think that's a, an important piece there where you can pretty much have people on, on like start off running right away with, with mm-hmm. a mobile coach as opposed to spending time in the first bit just teaching them how to even use the learning platform. Yeah, that's a great point. I would uh, totally agree agree with that. And I like your point also about the less clicks and the last taps because anytime I design now, there's two things that I'm trying to think about, and that is um, how many clicks or how many taps is it going to take for someone to get to this next step or even the first lesson? And then the other piece I keep thinking about also is um, I, I, I've often shown this in some of my sessions where I show a, just a recipe card or some people call a cue card. And, and I just kind of have that as a reminder of the size of screen that a lot of pi- people might be accessing my, my learning experience on. And, and so I think that's really uh, good in that way that through the mobile coach, I am already uh, thinking about that, that small screen and the mobility and how many taps and, and clicks it might take for someone to go through that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I recently saw a statistic that um, one-fourth of users that uh, download an app will abandon it after only one use. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, a I lot think of that's, the, Sorry, go ahead. Well, so a lot of that is just underscoring what you're talking about, where the more taps and swipes that you are asking someone to do, um, uh, you, you know, it's just prevent you're going to filter out a lot of would-be users yeah for sure i think the 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 sort of the era of apps is kind of coming to a close uh, especially as you mentioned uh, about five minutes ago wechat from china um i i've kind of been exploring that a bit further and i just amazed at all of the things you can do in this one place mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and i've been sort of trying to do the same on telegram and i had a, a session this morning at a conference about digital life hacks and I was sharing with the audience that I used to have, and probably a lot of people used to have an app to tell them the weather, an app to do currency conversion, uh, a to-do list app, a reminders app, and a news app. And now I have all of these things coming into Telegram for me as chatbots, and so I've deleted all those other apps off my phone. <laughs> and and I just I just think it's fantastic. And plus the the other the better other benefit is it's it's automated. And so I used to wake up, unlock my phone, uh, search for my weather app, open that up, check the weather, and now it just comes to me automatically every morning at seven a.m. Like it's, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So this, I think, in terms of translating that over to learning and development is just perfect because in, in this day and age when we're running from here to there, from you know soccer practice to whatever comes next, as I say, between dinners, dinner and the diapers kind of thing, uh, I think we need to, to kind of get the learning into those spaces, into those little niches in, in people's lives and take those barriers away, take away the, the taps and the clicks and the downloads and make it as simple and easy as possible. Yeah, the term I like to to um, that's stuck out there is, is the term conversational UI. Mm. Uh, right? So the user interface is actually the conversation and the message itself, and not some you know, albeit 
beautiful uh, page with great colors, but if it's requiring you to tap and swipe and do the things that you're just describing, then even though it looks beautiful, you're just it's not going to be as sticky as uh, maintaining a, maintaining a conversation. Exactly, I like that. Yeah, that word sticky too. And I found um, that with the chatbots, it's quite easy to make it seem like you're actually in, uh, interacting with a real person. Yeah, I think that's a, a really important piece of it. You know, we like to say that give your chatbot a personality, a name, and even though people know that it's not a person, they will develop an affinity for it. Um, uh, you know, we have uh, we see all the time learners replying back to their chatbot, "Oh, thank you," or "That's really helpful." And when we ask them about it, they say, "Yeah, well, you know, I know that it's not a real person, but it's just that feeling of of um, of creating a, a relationship with the chatbot." And then you leverage that sort of relationship of trust and value um, to continue to develop to to deliver uh, valuable messages. Um, and reinforce the purpose of what the chatbot's trying to accomplish. Oh, that's excellent. And I think that that also ties together with, I remember you ha- um, saying um, when I was visiting earlier this year uh, that you're interested in exploring um, these challenges and how people, like how our brains work with those kind of scenarios and things. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Well, yeah, we, we I think that there's a lot to learn about um, the the attributes and conditions that um, that lend themselves to the the most effective interactions, and so those conditions might be the way that a message is phrased, how long a message is, um, the frequency that that um, that messages are sent, um, and then taking all those conditions and comparing them to you know demographics because um, mm-hmm. there there are a lot of different types of learners. Um, and so we're very interested in learning about what types of messages work best for different types of learners. Oh, that's excellent. And the other thing I, I, I think is kind of f- finely trending in the L&D field is a measurement. And so I, with a chatbot on Mobile Coach, will I, I can measure um, the interactions, etc.? Yeah, uh, because it's all automated, our system, in effect, is is keeping track of every message that's sent to a learner and what their responses are. And then what we do is simply aggregate that in a way that um, is easy for you to search through and look through uh, so you can get a sense of um, how your learners are doing and what their responses are like. Excellent. Now, one uh, question I, I, I know the answer to, but people who are listening might not. What made you sit down one day and go, oh, I want to build a chatbot and, <laughs> and work on, on Mobile Coach? Well, I'll tell you, my personal interest um, really lies in, in how to use technology to help people be more successful. Um, and we, if you think about that word successful, well, that, that implies that someone has a goal and they they want a, a goal or, or an, a, an objective, and they want to you know achieve that. Um, so oftentimes um, that goal is centered around learning, um, and uh, I'm very interested in that. Um, I started out, however, um, trying to figure out how to help someone um, achieve a personal goal like weight loss or to become healthier. 
And really, the challenges are the same. Um, you know, the challenges that we've alluded to. You know, someone sits in training, they learn a bunch of things, and a week later they forget. Um, you know, they've just because they're human beings, they've forgotten what they've learned. Similarly, let's say that I'm I'm unhealthy and I have a goal to get healthy, and I put together a plan, a sort of the typical New Year's resolution issue, um, and then three weeks later, you know, my plan's um, gone to pot. You know, because yeah, yeah. it's been really hard, and so that's where I really started figuring out well. What happens is that people will, um, you know, they'll just sort of block out um, the messages internally that are trying to tell them, stick with it, you can do it, stick with it, and and and, and uh, that's been really challenging. And so that's where I uh, um, really started thinking about a chatbot, thinking, gee, um, the one consistent message that always gets through to me is a message from my friends or my family. And so mm -hmm. uh, if we could create a chatbot uh, and have the chatbot be successfully concluded in my group of friends and family, maybe that would give us a platform to help someone be more successful. And, and that's how I personally got interested in chatbots and started the company. Oh, that was excellent because um, on my phone, <clears throat> personally, I turned off like almost every notification <laughs> known to man. And the only one <laughs> I get is for text messages. Mm. Um, I get no email notifications, no Facebook, no Twitter. And so that, that, that would work for someone like me even who's turned all that stuff off. <laughs> At least the text messages are still getting through. And I, I, I would agree with that, that most people not only know how to use it, but it's probably the thing they use the most on their phone. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Sure. So just to kind of uh, bring this to to a close, and uh, one of the things I like to do with the Reaching the UML podcast is kind of bring it down to the to the practical level for people. And so based on what we talked about and the the idea of chatbots and what they can do for people and etc., what would you maybe suggest to someone listening who who this might be a new topic for them? What might be a, a, a next step uh, that that might make this a bit more real for them or practical? So for someone that's brand new to chatbots, <clears throat> my suggestion would be most likely um, people listening to this are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And if you're on Facebook and you use Facebook Messenger, um, if you go and uh, go to um, – in Facebook Messenger and, and you go to find a friend and you go into that field, it will automatically uh, provide a dropdown and will show you some recommended chatbots. There's a CNN chatbot. There's a – 1-800-Flowers chatbot, an NBA chatbot, there's a few others. And I would add that chatbot as a friend and just start interacting with it. Mm. Um, just get some experience with uh, what it's like to have a conversation with a computer. Um, and uh, I think that will start uh, getting your um, sort of creative juices going in terms of uh, what types of interactions would work for you and then in turn what would work for your learners. Yeah, that's great. And so um, if I were specifically interested in Mobile Coach, you do have a demo. Is that correct? Yeah, we do have a demo. You can go to our website, which is www.mobilecoach.com. Um, you can find a demo, um, a little a sort of video demo on the website, or you can fill out a form and have somebody walk you through a more in-depth demo, um, specifically showing you some things we've done for um, learning and development programs. If, if there's interest, uh, people can go there. Oh, excellent. And if someone wanted to continue the conversation with you, um, how is the best way for them to, to reach out to you or contact you? Um, email is the best way to reach out to me, and my email address is vince, V-I-N-C-E, at mobilecoach.com. 
Oh, awesome. Well, I super appreciate uh, you having this conversation with me. I think it, it's probably already sparking some thoughts in a lot of people's heads. <laughs> and I, I do believe, um, as I've written before in one of my blog posts, the future of learning is spelled SMS. I really believe that this is a, a nice direction to go in, and it makes a lot of sense for, I think, just the way that technology is going, but also the way our lives are kind of going now and how we just use and interact with that technology. I agree. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Jamie. Thank you. Oh, thank you for thank you, and uh, I I can't wait to see you again in August when I'm down there. <laughs> All right, we us too. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Reaching the UML. Visit digitalfluencycoach.com/podcast for more episodes, to subscribe to my newsletter, and to give any feedback you have on this episode. You can find me on Twitter at jgooddfc and on Facebook at facebook.com/digitalfluencycoach. If you've learned something with me today, please tell a friend and let me know if there's anyone you think I should interview. Thanks again, and let's elevate our profession together, shall we?